Welcome back to the Rex Reviews Podcast. It's Lou McCoy, Casey Day, and Taborosaurus Rex along with you. And while Rex and I are out on the road, we bumped into Casey and scooped her up somewhere in Idaho out here. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are you, Casey? Oh, you know, I've been pretty good. I was just uh, running the dusty trails of Idaho, so I'm glad you guys found me. Otherwise, I would have been hoofing it for quite a ways. Idaho is actually like one of my favorite states, Ben. It is beautiful out here. You've got all sorts of topography and the yeah. weather. The people are nice. You've still got that small town feel to even the bigger cities out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of technology moving into Idaho now, and so there's all kinds of job opportunities. But also, just like it's a real good place if you ever wanted to kind of hold up or something like that yeah. up in the woods, you know. <laughs> and pretty much everyone else out there in the woods kind of has the same idea. So there's quite a range of different ideas and different perspectives that a lot of dudes uh, take when they run off into the woods. <laughs> but hey, we get along with pretty much everybody as long as we're all liberty lovers and stuff like that. So yes, it's quite a, quite an entertaining experience. This is actually where Pete has one of his uh, hang your hat type spots out here. He's got a cabin up in the woods. And- he does? Yep. Yeah, yeah Pete saw, Wiggleson. Really? I saw Pete while I was out there. You ran into Pete Wiggleson, Casey? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> What's Mr. Wiggleson up to these days? Uh, he's been up to a lot of things. I hear he's been writing music these days. Really? Oh, oh, hey, I think that's Pete. We have a visitor. Hey, y'all boys in there? Hello. Oh boy. Should, hey. we, should we let this guy in or not? Hey, 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 boys. How you doing? Pete Wiggleson here. Mr. Wiggleson. Hey, hey, how you doing, Miss Casey Day? And oh, uh, I'm doing good, Pete. How are you? I, I'm doing okay. You know, Pete Wiggleson's been having a hard time on the, the computer land here, you know, ever since them uh, millennials told me I should have an online present. Uh, pre- is it present? Is that what they call it, Mr. Um, uh, Lou McCoy? Yes, sir. A present? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so ever since I've been online, I originally did a video with Mr. Rex over here uh, talking about how to not clean your firearms. And uh, me and Rex has a little bit different idea of exactly how to clean your firearm. But at any rate, he did let me upload my video anyways because he thought it would be important for people to understand both sides. Uh, but, uh, you know, ever since then, we've been online and having a good old time and uh, I just never thought that this day would come, Lou. It's a shame. It's a crying shame. Which day is that, Pete? Today, Lou. Oh, oh Sunday? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you haven't heard the news. I've heard lots of news. None of it's good. Oh, man. Oh, old P. Wilson's uh, just going to have to go back out into the woods and maybe just hang his hat up on the old computer there because YouTube is now taking sides. YouTube is now on one political side, and they just don't like old Pete's culture no more. So they're just going to do away with old Pete. Pete, what are you going to do without the internet? Are you just giving up? Well, you know, Pete Wilson's got, I got a Pete old uh, Venus back there, the old pony. Uh, he, he, him and I get along pretty good. We'll be fine. We'll collect some more beaver pelts. That's what we usually do up here when we're in the mountains up here in Idaho anyways. But, uh, you know, it was kind of fun to be able to try to, you know, share the old Pete Wiggleson culture with some of America. But uh, apparently they just don't like it. Well, and you're trying to bring it all back around by reinvigorating some of the American culture from the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, that's by- some pretty new modern rap cultures right in there. But, uh, you know, like old Pete Wiggleson, I, I, I did I, I did hear some songs in the 90s, and actually some of them ain't too bad. You know, that Britney Spears ain't so bad, actually. She's kind of cute little little devil there, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I was just trying to upload one video about twirl spinning revolvers, and uh, YouTube took it down. They hit me. On, they said that it wasn't 
uh, suitable for advertisers. And I thought, well, good Lord, gracious me. Colt would love to have that advertised. You would think so. Yeah, the old single-action army revolver. Pete Wiggleson twirling it around and spinning and putting in his old, beautiful old holster there. And uh, they just uh, they, they hit me up on the YouTube and said I have to shut her down. That's kind of like killing Americana, isn't it? Uh, you know, that's what I thought, but, uh, you know, I guess these things happen. So you've had new hobbies now, Pete. You're You're writing songs? Yeah, well, you know, I'm just rewriting some songs. I've been doing the karaoke's on that. Uh, I'm not allowed to put anything on YouTube anymore, and I tried to find other twirl spinning revolver videos, but they've all been taken down as well. So unfortunately, I've just been watching a lot of Britney Spears and Justin Bieber because that's all that's been on YouTube since they took all the gun channels down now. And so I was watching that Britney Spears video and just kind of hit me right here, right in the old, uh, right in the old ticker, and I thought, you know, that one kind of. Kind of uh, just, I, it just felt right. So I, I was kind of rewriting some lyrics. I was doing some karaoke out there with old Venus, kind of hanging out with him and uh, coming out with a pretty good song. You, would you guys like to hear a copy of that song? Or? I'd love to hear that. You'd love to hear it. Okay. Lay it on us, Pete. Well, uh, this is a Brit- Britney Spears song. Uh, we changed the lyrics a little bit and uh, hit me YouTube one more time, is what we call it. And uh, I found this on Consuelo Salas. Uh, channel here so it's a uh, it's a it's a tune that uh, i've been kind of crying to at night but uh it, it helps me bear with the pain of having to separate uh, old pete from his fans on the youtubes here we go all right okay sick hey said okay sick hey said pardon me boo for a second here how was I supposed to know? The Cowboys had no rights here. Casey, Casey, the YouTube is letting Pete go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cause they're political bias. All I ever wanted to do was to show you how to twirl spin my revolver. Protecting me from the sun My belt buckle is so shiny So shiny My Ariat will blow your mind Give me a fine Hit me YouTube one more time Woo! Wow! That's so good, Pete! I I got some more verses coming up here, but uh, that's the idea right there. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Poignant and hits the heart, actually. I just can't believe that that would happen. But uh, I thought I'd share that with you kids while I came in here anyways. And uh, just wanted to say howdy. And I got to go back out there and uh, uh, get old Venus his, uh, his apples for, for the evening. and uh, Or he'll he'll get all honorary on me and got to be riding him back home tonight. So better get him his apples. But Well, thanks for dropping in, Mr. Wiggleson. Yeah, Pete Wiggleson, nice. always a pleasure, sir. All right. You boys always have a good, good one. Hey, thanks, Pete, for coming in here. That was pretty cool, man. Wow. <laughs> that guy's hilarious, man. He's so good. I wish I... I could write songs like that. <laughs> that's uh, that's what a guy does when he lives up in the woods for too long, man. Mm-hmm. Start coming up with crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, but that really does hit close to home, though, with everything that's going on on YouTube these days. Oh, man. yeah. You had a really good live stream, Rex, where you talk about the 21st century book burning, the digital book burning that we are now in. Yeah. And that's the truth of the matter, sir. 
Yeah, it's zeros and ones nowadays. That's the media on which all stuff is posted, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a pattern that repeats itself throughout time, it seems like. And it's just hilarious because it's all these student groups. They always get the emotional heartstrings and they get the young kids involved because who can argue with a bunch of young kids, right? And everyone's always got to be for the children. You got to think of the children and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just... Uh, the, the pattern, like, if you look at what happened in Germany back in the 30s, man, back in 33, they started burning books. And then they, like, uh, Goebbels got a hold of all mass communications, like the radio. Uh, he was the head of the ministry of, like, making sure, I forget exactly what they call it, but uh, making sure everything was pure and German and authentic and, and done with moral, you know, fortitude and all this stuff. And so that was always kind of their, their uh, position. And uh, so it's just funny to see how in... A couple of years after they got hold of the communications, they completely changed everyone's minds on so many topics. Because if all they get is something projecting one way at them, it's easy for people to kind of forget what their own thoughts were. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a one-way projection of propaganda at that point. Uh, once people are not allowed to talk back or communicate back or share ideas, but you're only receiving ideas, then they control the narrative. And once they control the narrative, it only took Germany a couple of years before they started passing draconian gun laws. And they started demonizing certain cultural groups. They didn't like the different political opposition. They got rid of a lot of even Christian. Christian preachers before they started getting rid of the Jews uh, that were outspoken against things. And um, they really cracked down and they got uh, some heavy duty gun legislation passed in the name of preventing crime of all things. Right. You know, and uh, then uh, they went on and did their thing. And uh, they got complete control of the government and uh, started executing people they didn't like and, uh, you know, getting people sent off into certain ghettos. And and then they had World War Two, man. And history just repeats itself. It seems to continue to want to do that. And it's funny because they use the same exact template for the deal, right? And it's funny because like even the style of communication and the way people pump their fist in the air and shit like that is exactly the same as it used to be. You can like superimpose the pictures on each other and it's exactly the same. It's an emotional based argument too. You'll notice that too. They go straight for the heartstrings and you get a kid out there in a dire situation and uh, he gets very emotional and it's not an intellectual argument. It's not a historical argument. It's not a factual-based argument. It's an emotional-based argument. And if the kid's emotional and all people have been trained to do is receive emotional inputs to sway them one way or the other, then they just kind of follow suit, man. And it's they're, they're hitting the same buttons and it works every time. So I suppose, man, we're on that same track and I don't like it. So I have to comment, and I read something the other day, and it's talking about um, giving up your gun in the name of stopping gun crime, gun-related crimes. Mm. It's like saying that you, to stop rape, you're going to cut off your genitalia. Um, yes. you're yeah, not cut, off stop... your own, cut off your own right. wiener to prevent rape. Exactly. Like, you're not <laughs> actually saving anybody if you're a law-abiding citizen with a gun yeah. and giving up your gun. You're not... If you were out there shooting people, yeah, you should have your gun taken away. If you're out there raping people, yeah, fine, cut off your genitals. But <laughs> Well, in all actuality, if you're out there shooting people, you should have your life taken away. Well, exactly. It's the person that's the problem, man. Uh, and it, these arguments are funny because they're the ones that we always gravitate towards. But even, I like to step back and look at the big, big, big picture. Even if, and it's not true statistically even by a long shot, even if, Reducing the amount of guns in the culture reduced crime, even if that could be proven to be true. Even if it was by a huge amount. It's still a bullshit idea because according to the Founding Fathers, and I agree with this principle, if you trade your liberty, your freedom as a human, for a little bit of safety, you're actually not going to get either one and you don't deserve them either. Yep. 
And that's a that's a famous quote by the founding fathers, man, and I stand by it. So, I mean, even if you could get a lower crime rate or lower death rate by reducing your freedom, you ain't going to deserve your freedom at that point, right? Life won't be worth living then, man. Yeah, I mean, if if everyone welded themselves in a birdcage and just had a machine feed them crackers all day, <laughs> then it would be lots. There'd be a lot less freaking uh, rapes and murders and all that stuff too. Then one there, yeah. but then you volunteered to weld yourself in a birdcage and you don't deserve your freedom if you're that stupid. Right. And actually, you're not going to get you're not going to get the safety either because it's not safe to be locked up in a birdcage because other things can happen. Who's feeding you the crackers? That's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody just stay inside. Stay at home. Lock the doors. Close the windows. Don't eat any Mm -hmm. false entertainment or any weird inputs from the outside world. Just put yourself in that little box and be safe. Yeah, dude. I think the Amish were right, bro. The Amish were right the whole time about a lot of these things because we've been yeah. slowly getting rid of all the cool things God has given us. Like, first off, he gave us, like, our freedom, Sunlight. right? He gave us, yeah. He's like, hey, you guys want a furnace? I'll give you the sun. How about that? You want a light bulb? Here's the sun. Here's a, here's a, you know, uh, you guys need uh, clothes? Here's your skin, right? No, that's fine. Or animals. <laughs> but, you know, like, things like that. Like, so many people are straying away from what's natural that they have to supplement stuff in. Like, you don't see the sun anymore, so you have to take vitamin D. Or go to a tanning booth. Or go to a tanning yeah, booth. Yeah, you have to buy all the stuff that you didn't need to because you refuse stuff that you already had. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so, like, ridiculous. yeah, God made food grows on trees, right? You can go out and eat it. But then we didn't like that. We wanted to toil on the soil, right? right? Or like, oh, you know, God gave us our own car, Back in the day, that could also, by the way, be your friend or be an adorable animal to like go out and comb its hair. A horse, right? Mm-hmm. He gave us our own car. It reproduces itself. It eats its own fuel. You don't have to do anything but be its friend and, and, and hang out with that thing, right? But no, we're not satisfied with that, Lou. We don't want a horse. We want to go into a mountain, dig out a big hole, get out a bunch of rocks with some iron in them, melt them down in a furnace, create a slave labor camp to make sure that happens properly, dig out some coal out of the mountain, pull that out, burn that to rip melt the rocks, and then maybe you'll get some metal, and then over a few thousand years of accumulated technology, then you got to drill a hole like thousands of feet into the ground, invent a pipe to put in there, get the oil out of there, and then you got to burn it. And I'm not against oil and technology. I'm just saying it's funny how we go through these steps in, in life, and uh, we, we get to the same point we have we have now have a car but it's something that's going to break down is something that god didn't even we want to recreate everything he ever did right he gave us food wasn't good enough we got to make our own he gave us shelter it wasn't good enough we got to make our own version of it you know and it's just kind of funny man i mean i'm i'm, I'm very amish at heart i think but then again we're all stuck in the system right then uh, the earth has been kind of uh, destroyed too <laughs> on many levels this not nice climate like it was the Garden of Eden type situation right uh, theoretically speaking so it's uh, it's an interesting predicament we get ourselves into all the time and then not only that but you just compare yourselves in the modern culture right and you have all these different levels of uh, crap that we accumulate right so what we actually need to survive is food and shelter and good company, right? So if you have your family, dude, like back in the days, even in the 50s when my uh, my uh, uncles and my dad were alive, there was like 14 kids and they all lived like basically in the same room. You know what I mean? Like all the boys lived in one room, all the girls lived in a different room, the mom and dad had their room and it was tiny little living area. Everyone worked for a living and everyone was happy as clams and they actually had a life, they actually had a culture, they actually hung out, they actually conversed. But nowadays... 
we trade all that because we don't, we're not happy. We're, we need more stuff, right? We need to pile all this crap in the garage, pile all this crap in the attic, get everything accumulated. Then we got to be slaves to it. And by the time you're 80, maybe you'll have it like 25% paid off before you drop dead. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. Like you volunteer for slavery so you can never hang out with people. Dude, back in the old days, you used to have lawn darts and croquet and barbecues. You know, they didn't need to pay for cable TV because they didn't need to hire the TV station and project this electronic projection of their friends onto them. They went out and got a real friend from people across the street, right? Down the road. Oh, boy. I think the Amish were right, man. Well, they seem to be happier than the rest of us who are all plugged in all the time. Maybe I should go join. I'm serious, bro. <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to join the Amish? I think I'm good. I mean, I I like Amish. That's cool, but I'm pretty sure that I would be shunned. Yeah, well, I'm not so. talking like Orthodox Ordnung style Amish because that's a whole nother deal all by itself. But you know what I'm saying? Like the quintessential Hollywood Amish like image that they project, you know? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying it's great the way it is, but I'd rather work with what I got than go be Amish and possibly be shunned and have to be in a kitchen. I mean, not to take it to that extreme either. I mean, even if a guy just took it back to like the 1950s, right? That'd be great. I mean, a guy hears stories about how cool it was. And I just remember what it was like when I was a kid back in the 80s, man. And it was like that because there's only three channels and they all sucked. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like, so back in those days, he had to have friends and stuff. He'd ride your bike down the street, go hang out with Jimmy or Bobby or whoever, right? And get together and he'd cause some ruckus and go play a game. Or nowadays, all right, so let me put it like this. Back in my day, Lou, when I was a kid, they had phones with cords on them. And if you wanted to talk to someone on the phone, you'd had to go into the house, call them on the dial, and then talk to them. You know? And if they were, if you're lucky enough to where they were near their phone with a cord attached, then maybe you could talk to them. If not, you had to go find them on your bicycle. You know what I mean? But it made life an adventure. It was more fun. Uh, you got to go hang out with real people. Nowadays, they have a freaking TV show called Friends. So that you don't have to actually go and have friends. They trick you into thinking you have them, and you really don't. <laughs> Ever notice that? Well, you know, you say uh, back in my day, but that day really wasn't that long ago, man. It wasn't that you, long ago. You go ago. back to, like, the 90s. Sure. And there was, like, MTV. The internet was just a thing that your aunt was going to use to send cat pictures to, <laughs> to your cousins. It wasn't a real viable thing. There was still the great outdoors. You still had to go out yeah. and find your friends on the bicycle. Yeah. Those days weren't that long ago, man. Yeah. And I was watching just a couple days ago some footage of uh, 9-11 and when the towers came down and it mm-hmm. looked like a totally different time. The the clothes that people were wearing and just mm-hmm. everything, the video camera footage, and you realize how far we've went in less than 20 years yeah. from the fire trucks and like the police vehicles that we're driving by to where they are now to the mm-hmm. levels of security that we have. It's uh, amazing how fast technology uh, morphs, isn't it? Yeah. And, and how, fast, how, uh, how fast it morphs us along with Yeah, us. we've been integrated into it more and more. And it's funny because like along that lines, so you have TV like replacing all your friendships, right? Back in the old days, 
Like, I remember going down to the baseball diamonds and all the uncles and the cousins would be playing baseball with everybody in the town. And they'd all be sitting around, they'd have a beer and they'd laugh and they'd, you know, like poke fun at each other. And, and I'd be playing with my plastic dinosaurs by the old cottonwood tree or whatever, you know, with the other cousins hanging out. And um, it wasn't too long after that they invented ESPN or whatever the hell, right? So now instead of people going and watching sports in real life with real people playing sports, they watch it on TV and they think they're watching sports with their friends, but they're watching it on TV, they have a guy on the TV talking to you. Yep. And, and if they want to play sports, back in the old days, you'd have to go out there, get a bat, you know, actually go down the store, get a bat, get a ball, and then swing a thing, and then run, and your pants are falling off, and your shoe falls off, because you're, you know, even the out-of-shape guys would do it. It was fun, right? Nice. Nowadays, you just get on the Nintendo game. Or you have a fantasy sports yeah, team. Yeah, fantasy football, right? So they're getting everyone out of the actual world and uploading them into the Matrix. Dude, I rant about it all the time, but it is so true on every single angle. Name anything that used to be awesome. It's gone. It's all been digitally replaced. Nobody's outside ever anymore. Nobody visits with each other anymore. If you want food, dude, they got these things now where you drive up the car. And what were we looking at, Lou? Are you with me? Yeah, it was uh, one of those big cities we were in. They have a McDonald's spot where you pull up outside and then on the app, you tell them which parking space you're in and then you... Uh, order your stuff on the app and then somebody brings it out to you and it's real. You don't have to interface with a human nope. for the transaction because that's too much difficulty. And they just automatically remove it from your cell phone via credit card. It's- yeah, if people aren't staring into their phone, they have like a panic attack seizure type situation nowadays. Dude, even at like the airports and stuff, they got these uh, kiosk deals where you got to type in all the stuff that the checkout lady used to have, right? And um, even when there's checkout ladies standing there, like smiling, waiting for people to go up. There's like a line of people to get to the kiosk, which actually takes like three or four minutes to type in, or you can go to the checkout lady and it takes her like 30 seconds to do it. And then they have checkout ladies training people, trying to walk them through the process of communicating with this damn robot so that six months from now, that lady cannot have a job and the robot has a job. People don't realize they're training their replacements, bro. So like everything is being automated. Dude, like the Walmart, right? Or the whatever store, hardware store, like all these big stores, a grocery store. They used to have these things called cashiers. Nowadays, it's, I remember when they started off, they had the one, uh, you know, do-it-yourself cashier deal. And then it was three. Then it was five. <laughs> now it's like 75% of them are that way. And then they got the cashier and they're kind of walking people through the steps of making sure they can do it. And then they used to, even with the credit cards, right? They used to swipe it for you and do it for you. Now they have, you have to like play this Atari game to get through the, you have to like win this damn game to get your, your, you know, ketchup or whatever you're trying to get the grocery <laughs> store. It's like, I came here to buy a jar of pickles. I did not come here to play this Atari game that I don't even know how to win. And I don't know how to get to the end of bad guy in the level. And you got to hit the orange button, then the red button. But at the other store, it's a, a blue button and then a yellow button. I'm like, what the hell is this? Rex. Welcome to the circus. Oh, dear God. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) It's like we woke up in a cuckoo clock, bro. Yep. Inside of a circus. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, man. Like, it really is a circus, isn't it? So, like, I feel like a dude who's been sitting there, you know, and I was in my little little house on the prairie type situation, and I had, like, my my family, and we're all sitting there, like, eating around the dinner table, like the Walton-style deal, right? And uh, you go out in the garden, and then, you you know, you go plow the fields a little bit, you go back in, and then you say your prayers, and you have a family meal, and then you might read a book, you know, at nighttime and hang out and share stories about what grandpa used to do in the old days, and, uh, you know, go to sleep. Well, then one time, a guy falls asleep, and you wake up, and... 
where the, where's the garden? It's dark out still. And you're like, what's going on here? And you notice that all of a sudden your house and your entire farm, the circus has arrived. And you are inside a circus tent. And there's like all these freaking clowns running around everywhere. They got the what the bearded lady and they got all these uh, munchkin looking folks running in circles. They got like a polar bear like on a freaking unicycle. And it's like... <laughs> And it's just, uh, hey, kid, get over here. You want some cotton candy, huh? What's the matter with you? And you're like, what happened to my living room? Yeah. Yeah, in the living room that you like going to, you go to use your bathroom and there's an elephant in there pooping in the tub. And you're like, what the hell? My house got overtaken by a circus while I was asleep. And they're like, yeah, welcome to the circus, kid. This is exactly what you wanted, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, and then the clowns are there, and you're like, you're trying to yell at the clown because you're like, get the hell out of my house. And you're trying to explain to this clown that it's a clown, but it doesn't care because that's all it knows, right? And the circus that's arrived has been this modern world integrated with this technology, and the political monstrosity that surrounds it is the circus. And so it's like this technotronic age that was supposed to be so awesome just kind of arrived for people. And we weren't all signed up for that program. No. no. And anybody that I was- I never signed up for it. Anybody that was active or even just participating in it, they're way too busy popping balloons or trying to dunk the guy or the chick in their underwear that you don't realize the bigger picture that has happened. Oh, dear. Yeah. One of, the, one of the big things, I think, too, is that to make it impossible for anybody to escape, they're making the cost of living so high that so many people have to- participate in the matrix to live like because you need everything faster yeah it sucks that we have we have like worse off food like let's talk about like microwavable dinners for example it's fast it's easy lots of people eat them they're twice as expensive as cooking for yourself but you can't you can't not buy them because you have to work three jobs in order to pay for your apartment because you can't own a house anymore because that's an extra three hundred thousand dollars and you know it's it's they make it less affordable so that you have to participate in the matrix in order to survive yeah so you wake up in your living room and all of a sudden you're surrounded by a circus and now there's this carny guy you wake up and he's in the bed next to you just like hey man you got that money you owe me like what like hey come throw some darts at your wall it's like dude i don't want to throw darts at your wall what the hell is this and they're demanding their rent money and you're like this is my house this is my house used to be here you know and it's just, uh, man, it's frustrating. A lot of people just, uh, you know, wake up and kind of shock. And that's what happens when you disconnect from, or when you weren't caught along in this technology this whole time, all of a sudden you're dumped into it. You're like, what in the heck is going on, man? Cuckoo farm. You just have to participate in the circus. Otherwise you die. Yeah. That is the bummer of it. And all there is to eat, Lou, is cotton candy. <laughs> My favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, gets old, though. Yeah, yeah. after about 9,000 years, it does get old. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. And anybody that tries to escape, they kill them. Do they really? Well, that's what I hear. That's getting pretty dark pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Are you, are you afraid got, of the circus? Hey, Lou, do we, are we still circus. have like a lack of oxygen in our brain from that road trip, man? Probably. I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Rex and Lou may be in firing on all eight cylinders, but uh, it's worth it for the fight. It's a good time. And continue the fight is what we must do at this point. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that are kind of buckling the pressure out there, it seems. 
And you, you did a really good live stream the other day, like I mentioned, and you said that everybody else was being quiet, so you had to do something. And that's right on, man. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be productive for certain things. That's the problem is like, so they rope you in by monetization, right? So like, uh, I remember it was like quite a few years into the YouTube channel when they, they were sending me all these monetization letters and I thought, oh, that's a bunch of whatever, telemarketer or something kind of crap or whatever. I don't know. I just <laughs> deleted it all, right? And eventually I'm like, ah, maybe I'll try it. And I was like, oh, wow, you get like 40 bucks or whatever. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And so I started doing it and they monetize you a little more and a little more after a while. And pretty soon you're making like almost like a, a part-time job type income, you know, like low income, part-time job type stuff. You're like, well, that's a nice kind of nest egg kind of deal. You know, it just kind of continuously, you know, encourages you to be more productive and stuff. But then they, they bait you into it and then they get you invested into it. And then after a few years, they switch the program. And they expect you to jump to their hoops because they think that the reins is the money. And for a lot of people, it actually is. And I get it. A lot of guys do that for a full-time job, right? And uh, like there's no other option but to use the monetization platform of Google or AdSense or, or YouTube or whatever to make, make their money. So they kind of are forced into choosing whether they want to get fired from their YouTube job, basically, or if they're going to comply or, or if they're going to stand up and still do what they want to do. And unfortunately, in my circumstance, like the original purpose for me doing it was never really to make money. And I had full time jobs on the side, you know, like, well, on the side, but, you know, I had full time job to kind of support me in that respect for the longest time. And uh, it's been a deal that uh, I was always a lot more free to be more open-minded in what I actually believe, because if they would demonetize a few videos here and there, it's not a big deal, whatever, you know, and this peanuts really compared to like having a full-time job. But after a certain point, when you kind of start to rely on it more, especially now that uh, we're kind of morphing more into a full-time training schedule and actually kind of do, doing reviews and stuff like that, they do have you. They do have a lot of leverage on you. And they, it's hard to, to deal with the idea of all the work you put in for all these years to just be evaporated in thin air because you're not meeting their exact political standards that they've designated. They've taken a political side now. They've completely come out of the woodworks and demonstrated clearly where they stand, which on my YouTube rant is uh, uh, apparently with freaking ISIS and Hezbollah and all these guys because they're allowed to put their crazy murder videos all over the internet and all this other stuff that's horrible you can put on there. But then if you show a picture of a guy twirl spinning a revolver, for example, like old Pete Wickelson tried to do, they ban him, right? Oh, man. Anything that's effective. And it's funny because like um, Silk and Diamond, do you remember that channel? Mm -mm. On YouTube, there are these two uh, kind of middle-aged black chicks. And uh, they were really, really funny. I mean, just like really witty and really like adorable, like just funny. And they were, uh, they're pro-Trump voters, right? And so during the election, they're very famous, like viral, just millions and millions of views. Very sweet, like church going kind of chicks. They were so effective at communicating their point to their specific culture that they actually shut them down on YouTube. They actually oh, really? booted them off the, the freaking YouTube. Hmm. And they never cussed. They never attacked anyone. They were just... Uh, empathetic to the cause. They're like very effective communicators and they shut them down because especially if you're a minority, if you don't take the proper sides and you're a minority, you are like going against the laws of physics according to how they have defined them and they will get rid of you. And so in the, in the gun world, that's always been anathema to kind of uh, 
the program of operation that these controllers and these technocrats, uh, like if we're using Brzezinski's terminology, right? The techn- uh, technotronic age and stuff like that, getting everyone inter- interface with the computers into a new brave new world type situation. It's interesting to see how so many, and I'm not trying to be judgmental of other channels, but so many of these guys are really, they, they got them, they got the hooks in the jaws and they can pull them anywhere they want. And uh, they just flex a little bunny, threatening a little here or there. We'll demonetize this, we'll demonetize that, or we'll completely shut down your channel. And guys just kind of roll with it. And so, I don't know, man. It, I think that it, in our case, man, I think principle's more important than it, all that stuff. And so, I think it's wise that maybe we started diversifying the media earlier. And that's why we started this podcast show. It was actually in, in, in the original garage meetings. We talked about this a few times, but... We kind of knew the YouTube thing was going to hell at some point. Uh, It's owned by Google, and they're completely clear with what side they're on. And so in a kind of an attempt to get ahead of the curve on that deal, we we started doing the podcast show because we're actually free to talk here. We started really pinching down on uh, a lot of the other uh, venues, too. And even uh, when we do our newsletters, Casey, right, and we submit the newsletters, they got to like review it to mm-hmm. see if it's going to fit their community standards. So even the website that we own, we want to put our newsletter on there and they still have their political officers have to review it. And if it does not fit their little book, then they shut you down. And that's the America that we live in today. Free country, my ass. Like <laughs> used to be free until yeah. someone fell asleep. And I understand a lot of guys get very patriotic and they don't want to get political. Uh, there's a lot of uh, really hardcore guys that are really cool that I really love that are pro-America no matter what. And I am too. I really am. But in my opinion, being pro-America is not sitting there letting it get raped 24-7. And that's strong language, but that's where we're at. It's actually getting just like someone, if America was a beautiful woman, someone grabbed that beautiful woman by the hair and drug her off into the alley someplace and you hear screams coming out of there. It's like, um, no, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to find out what's going on. I'm going to try to actually do something. You know what I mean? And so it's not just like symbolically supporting the lady and like carrying her picture around in your wallet. But when bad shit happens, you have to be ready to stand up to the challenge. And do you possess the constitution of character that is necessary to stand up to the freaking dragon when it comes, whether that be your little precious monetary funding from a YouTube channel or the threat of even shutting down your voice, which is tearing your vocal cords out of your neck. That's what they're effectively doing because... Uh, having the megaphone, having the vocal cords, that's how we communicate. Nobody is at the park anymore. Nobody's out at the barbecue playing crochet. Nobody is in real life. They've all uploaded themselves into this matrix, this electronic Terra. And so we have to go. That's where we have to go if we want to talk to anybody. So they're effectively pulling our vocal cords out. Because in real life, all you need is vocal cords. But there ain't nobody in real life anymore. <laughs> There's nobody left. I, I, dude, me and the wife, if we go for a walk, every window is blinking and glowing on the street. But there's zero people sitting out on their front steps. Zero people yeah. listening to the boombox, hanging out in the garage, having a brewski. There's like, out of like thousands and thousands of people, you walk by their houses, there's like one guy outside. And that's because he's taking out the trash or something. It was really sad the other day. I actually thought of that because I went for a walk ring and I remember when I was a kid how important that was because where we're at, 
the snow is all year round. And it was the first nice day. And I was like, yes, I can go out for a walk because I'm still like that. And I get out there and I'm going for a walk and there's no kids. There's zero kids. There's no kids on bikes. There's no kids just walking around. There's no kids splashing in puddles. There's no no kids. The only time you're going to see kids, Casey, in the Technotronic Age is when they're out doing recon for uh, Pokemon and they're walking around like little mobile robots that are cheaper than drones that they can fly around, right? So they just put a Pokemon in Rex's freaking backyard right next to the window and then that's where all the kids go with their little cameras taking pictures of my house. Dude, I'm serious. You know how many Pokemon came into my yard? Oh, for God's sakes. And like, what do they call those things? Pikachus? Yep, yep, Pikachu. Did you ever think about that, Lou? Peek at you? Yeah. Peek at you. I mean, hello, McFly. They're so out in the open with it, they just don't even hide it. And they're laughing because we're so stupid. We think that that's an excuse. Oh, well, the only reason I play this game is because it gets me outside. Are you telling me you can't go outside without a Pokemon being out there that you got to follow around? That's your excuse? What? Do not give that to... If you're like 30 years old or more or like even 20... I mean, dude, if you're... If you're a little kid, I can see where that would be fun. But like, if you're an adult and you're playing the pokey, like, oh my God. Like, I had grown adults tell me, well, you know, because I would rant about the Pokemon in my yard, right? Uh-huh. Like, there's a freaking Pokemon all over my yard. There's like 9,000, it's like a Pokemon, like, uh, rally that? point or whatever the hell. They all go there, right? I'm like, yeah, we need a. Re- yeah, they're at the like battle base under the mountain someplace. Like, ah, we got to get some more Pokemon on the left side of Rex's house so that when we get them one day, got to know where the pipe is so that we can shoot around it or whatever the hell, right? <laughs> this is what they got going on, man. So I got all these damn Pokemon in my yard and I'm ranting about it. And, my, and I got my buddies are like, oh, my, yeah, yeah oh, I hear you. That's really stupid that they do that. But the only reason we do it is because it gets us outside. I'm like, the Pokemon gets you outside. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro. Virtual reality. I, I cannot believe that that is true. I don't get it. Like, I get dizzy if I stare at a phone and walk. You know what I mean? Like, that makes me dizzy. I'll, like, run into stuff. And those guys will, too. They walk off cliffs and stuff. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. They had to make a thing in that game so that people would quit driving their cars and chasing Pokemon <laughs> because people were running into shit. Dude, you know how no. funny it would be? And this would be horrible, and I would never do this. This would actually be probably, uh, you know, pretty bad deal. But if someone <laughs> hacked the Pokemon thing and just put all the Pokemon, like, right off the edge of a cliff, in the it'd ocean. be like lemmings, dude. Like, the, what's that? The Pied Piper deal? It'd be like freaking they'd follow the Pokemon right off the cliff or straight into the concentration camp or whatever the hell they wanted to do, right? Like they like into a volcano's mouth. They'd go straight. They'd follow a Pokemon to the ends of the earth. You know, but they, God forbid they go outside with just a branch like blowing in the wind and a pine cone on a tree and like maybe some like, st- I mean, dude, it's beautiful to walk outside. When I'm outside, what the hell would I want to stare at a digital Pokemon for? It's crazy. You become addicted to that stimuli, though. Well, it's weird because actually that stuff does rewire the brain. And if you study how the brain works, uh, it's like a muscle. If you exercise a certain part of the brain all day, right, uh, you're going to have that exact same thing happen. You're going to get very, very used to using it. And then if the other one's atrophy, if you never use your actual, like, three-dimensional, like, human equilibrium walking mode to walk through the actual three-dimensional landscape then you're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to go back to where that groove is most thoroughly carved in. You know what I mean? And so people are actually more computer than they are human now. And it's a shame, but I I don't want to say it like this, but, and we've said this in prior podcasts, man, there's like 
very few people are actually humans anymore. Basically, people are carbon copies of each other, like biological walking androids, a programmable biological computer, which is programmed by the mass media and the stupid games, and they never had an original thought in their whole life. All they can do all day is quote movies, which I'm guilty of too. I mean, there's so many movie references that are hilarious, but we only can quote mass media. We think like the tube, we eat like the tube. Uh, Lou and I, when we're driving in the driving in the road here not too long ago or checking out some clips just kind of catching them up on some of the nostalgia because if we're going to get the matrix in our brain lou it's going to be the old school matrix <laughs> like you know geez look at us we're still using references to make a point against the references but there's a movie called network and uh from like 1975 and it was warning about that and the guy was ranting about televisions uh Howard Beale, I think, was the reporter's name, and he went nuts. And I mean, it's a Howard Beale moment, though. I mean, it's just uh, ridiculous that we have to use media references to get people out of the media. You know what I'm saying? That's where the warfare is at, though, my man. Yeah. Well, if you go out into the forest and there's no humans out there and start yelling about this, what are they going to do? There's nobody out there to hear you. Exactly. <laughs> like, I could go out on the street, like street preacher mode, like with a megaphone, be like, people, you need to quit doing this. Like, you need to you need to live. You need to be alive. You need to embrace reality. And then I look around, there's like crickets chirping. That's all I was talking to is crickets. Everyone <laughs> is in their basement with a headphone on, like talking to, like, to a computer someplace, playing a video game, dude. And it's like, there's no humans left. They're all gone. They're extinct. Mission accomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished. Dude, I mean, oh my goodness gracious, bro. (laughs) They've turned us all into little feeder pigs, basically. Oh, boy. It's so sad because like going back to the, like nobody has original thoughts anymore. One of the most annoying trends that I see now anymore is like, we don't even have small talk anymore. And I hate small talk, you know, talking about the weather and that stuff. But people don't even do that anymore. It's just the same thing that they saw on Facebook, they repeat it, and then the other person repeats it, and then they nod in agreement. <laughs> so it's not even small talk. You're not even talking about something new, like the weather changes. <laughs> but they'll just say, oh, you know, I read this meme on Facebook, and it said, let's hate guns. So they'll say, you know what? Those guns, though, did you see that thing about the guns? And they'll say, yeah, those guns, though, I saw that thing about the guns. And then they'll look at each other, and they'll be like, yeah, guns bad. <laughs> It's so dumb. Oh, God, we're doomed, man. (laughs) I think we actually are doomed, bro. I don't know what even to say anymore. You know what I mean? It gets frustrating, doesn't it? It is frustrating. I mean, there's still a lot of people that are cool like us, you know, that uh, um, at least get outside maybe 40% of the time or 10% of the time. You know what I mean? Because even our jobs are that way. Because if everyone in the world exists in the electronic zone, then your job has to be in the electronic zone, right? I had a field job for years. It's a field job. But you got to drag a computer out there because nobody else is in the field. You have to put everything you observe in reality. You can't just take care of whatever problem is in the field. You got to write it all down in the computer then too, right? Whatever the problem is that you took care of, then you got to put it into computer language so that everybody else sitting behind the desk can know exactly what happened, right? So it's retarded, man. It's crazy stuff. <laughs> the future is here, though. It really yeah, is. And it is. Rather than being nostalgic about the past and how good things used to be, let's talk about where we're going. The future. How, oh. to, how to bring down Skynet. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Oh, Stop yes. being emotional. You know what the biggest thing is? What really gets me is like a lot of this stuff is stuff you learn as children, but people don't have parents anymore. So they don't learn it. And so they don't control their emotions. A lot of it is like treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, that's freaking easy. Or one of my favorite thing is how people either love or hate things. There's no in between anymore because they're so emotional. Everything's so driven you. by emotion and polarization and, and making everything huge. You're never just good. You're phenomenal you're never having a bad day you hate everything and and so like people are like oh i hate and i'm gonna use this as an example but you know i hate jews is what they say instead of saying oh I knew it, Casey. one time so, oh one time <laughs> i got in an argument with that type of person they say nope i hate them and it's like remember when you're a kid and your mom was like and you were like i hate jimmy he stole my toy and your mom said hates a strong word and she said maybe you just dislike jimmy right now or something like that like can we go back to that can we just have parents can we just have general no, there's no parents anymore man most of the parents nowadays don't raise their kids they turn the kid over to the state to be raised and now the state don't raise them the state just plugs them straight in the computer uh i heard a really creepy commercial the other night driving home they got uh something on for alexa or one of the machines that listens to you all the time and, this is alexa yeah and uh there's this mom and she's really enthusiastic about it and she's talking about how Alexa can now even read Billy a bedtime story. Holy just, crap, just, are you serious? Yeah, dude? they say just say Alexa, tell Billy a bedtime story and then she'll take over. <laughs> and you can go back to playing Minesweeper or Spider Solitaire or whatever you were Watching doing. You do. oh, no. Whatever you were doing on your screen while the other screen does your parenting for you. Well, it's weird like when you go visit people you love that you haven't seen in years or whatever and you go and hang out and like, finally I made it all this journey to get here. And then you sit down and they're either watching TV or playing some weird ass game on the computer. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Did you not notice that I came and I have arrived? Let's hang out. Let's do something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's uh, watch me play this game. Uh, what the hell, man? American Gladiators is on. Oh, dear Lord. It is foobar, bro. It is completely <laughs> done for, man. You're such an optimist, Rex. No, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a realist. I'm optimistic about what's going to happen after the collapse, <laughs> but I'm a realist that knowing that the collapse is coming, man, uh, it really is going to crash. There's no other, the momentum is so far in the stupid direction <laughs> that there's no way you can turn it around without crashing the it spaceship. It doesn't bounce back from there, does no, it? No, it's not going to bounce back. Not for a lot of people. And uh, I suppose the great correction mechanism is reality, which will eventually happen. I mean, dude, could you imagine what happened if the electricity turned off? We've talked about this on so many podcasts. Maybe we're just longing for that day. <laughs> oh. I need to chop more firewood if that's going to be the and case. And when the electricity turns off, we shall... No, sorry, Lou. <laughs> you and Pete should get together and write another song. Oh, a duo or dear. a duet. We should sing duet. hymns about that stuff, man. <sighs> <laughs> Darn Fate whippersnappers nowadays. And their oh. electricity and for, well, it's like the forced Grinch. indoor heat. Remember the Weeblers and the Pobblers? What are those things that the Grinch, uh, that stole Christmas? Remember that? Uh, the Who's? Going back to a media cartoon reference that was uploaded into my brain from a television <laughs> set when I was a baby because no one was taking care of me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dude, we're doomed. Oh, the circle is complete. Dude, I'm a hillbilly compared to everyone I know. Yes, you are. And I am totally plugged into the Matrix, bro. 
I'm totally doomed, man. It's impossible to escape it. It's impossible to escape it. Yeah. Even Dude, like, even we're like, the Matrix right now, Lou. We're talking to you folks out there from inside the Can Matrix. Can we just throw this board into the like river and then just go in my backyard? We could. Can we do that? I think we'd have a lot of upset listeners. Yeah, they like staying in the Matrix, don't you guys? No. You like it in there, don't you? <laughs> it's cozy. It's oh. nice and warm in there, isn't it? Just stay there longer. Don't ever come out. <laughs> Don't Stop. wonder about what's happening out here, Don't guys. Don't worry, guys. You could go out and barbecue with everybody, but old Rexy and Lou and Casey will take care of you. You don't need to get off your computer. Just stay online. It'll be okay. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> so diabolical. Oh, gosh, man. It is a hilarious, hilarious situation. Uh, what do you think? What do you predict on, on the trajectory for the next five years, Casey? How, what do you think what the world is going to look like in five years at this current trajectory? Five years? Well, I don't think people are going to look like people anymore. Like to start out with, you know, I'm kind of into the fashion thing. Well, I remember about five years ago, we thought crazy colored hair, things like that. That was not cool. That was too wild. Now you see like people working at the airport have blue hair. That's normal now. So I think in another five years, we're just not even going to look like people. People aren't going to look very human anymore. What are they going to look like? I would say we're going to go towards a more digital looking. We'll probably look more like aliens. To be honest, like what you would imagine an alien to look like. <laughs> look at Lou's face. She's like, what, the, what are you I'm, talking about? I'm skeptical. Almost <laughs> positive. And females are going to become more and more nude in the streets. I, fe- yes. I really believe that it's going to be acceptable to be almost naked. Have you read the book 1984? I have not. Required reading. Okay. Um, they totally, and this is... Not, it's not just 1984, but it's actually stated plans for getting everything. They they dissolve the sexes. They blend them together. Mm-hmm. Because if they can take away people's humanity, a huge part of who a person is is controlled by hormones and biology and what sex they are and all that stuff, right? But if they can get rid of all that stuff and blur the lines. Dude, even the most basic human elements, so like Friends, they've taken that away and they've replaced it with a TV show called Friends playing sports. They took that away and replaced it with a digital thing called you know, sports games. The NFL. Yeah, the NFL. The Super Bowl. Television. You are not playing sports, but you think you're a tough sports guy because you watched it on TV while slobbering and eating Doritos. Right. Congratulations, the, you the crazy guy, idiots. The guys that watch the Olympics and say, oh, she sucks. She fell off the bar. Like, okay, <laughs> eat some more potato chips. And like, then, Yeah. <laughs> and then beyond that, bro, they've taken away like basic human relationship dynamics like beyond friends like oh you got married you have a wife guess what the computer has nakedchineselady.com on there you don't need a wife anymore or the gift that Dimitri gave me yeah (laughs) you know Think about that the one. The big rubber behind that uh-huh. Lou got in a giant box from Dimitri. Yeah. Thanks, to, Dimitri. Yeah. The, the, Dimitri, you're the one that did it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. The just, word has gotten out. Just so Dimitri it doesn't a, end it up. It was a gag. Do, just so Dimitri doesn't end up in the doghouse, he was never actually in possession of a rubber ass. Just, <laughs> just the box for it. Oh, those guys. We're hanging so, out with some uh, pretty cool SWAT guys and- uh, uh, they had given Dimitri a present in the box that the present came in. The present was like an upper or something like that, some kind of gun part or something. And um, yeah, they gave Dimitri the, his present in a big box that was packaged for something a that I never knew toy. existed. <laughs> a 
big rubber ass. <laughs> Dimitri's like, hey, bro, like, can you take this out of my truck and throw it in that garbage can over there? I can't have this in my truck. My, my wife sees it, I'm in trouble. I'm like, dude, I'm not touching that. I'm never laying hands on that box ever in my life. There's probably like a camera pointed at paparazzi or something, and they're going to get like a picture of Rex like with this big box with this big butt on it, like a big rubber butt. Like, oh, that's going to be a great story, right? And so I just told Louie I had to take it. I was happy to do it. <laughs> I jumped all over that opportunity. Uh, I was just disappointed there wasn't anything actually in there. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> dear God. But no, but seriously, like they've replaced our basic, like the most deep, intimate human relation thing that a guy can have is like marital like relations. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, nope. We're just going to let you see a blinking light on a flat piece of plastic, and you'll grab your weasel until you're finished, and there, now you've consummated with a female. No, you actually didn't. Or you'll consummate with a piece of silicone that you put in your dishwasher. Oh, for God's sake. And okay. have the machine <laughs> clean your lover for you. stop you. you. <laughs> I think they get the idea about the rubber butt, man. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Your machine washer washes it for you. Talk, and this is what we were talking about earlier about the circus. You wake up in the freaking circus, dude. Like for yeah. a normal guy, you just wake up. You're like, what in the heck happened? Like, And that's the problem with real hardcore dudes that have their nose to the grindstone like on a project. Like I've been so nose to the grindstone for so many years on so many projects. I don't have time. I, don't, I haven't subscribed to TV. I never did. I never paid for it, I don't think. Yeah. Now, one thing that, so if you want to hear a confession, Lou, I have been sucked into the matrix a little bit because I have this brain that absorbs these patterns, right? I love cryptology kind of. And so what I like to do, this is a top secret thing. You can't tell anybody. It'll be our little secret, Rexy. Okay. So like, besides when I'm uploading information, like I'm always creating things and putting them on the internet and trying to like, you know, do our stuff that we make our reviews, make our instructional videos and do our you know, political commentaries and wake the people the hell up kind of Howard Beale style videos, right? But when no one's looking, I like to watch music videos. Yes, you do. On YouTube, man, like if I'm trying to sleep or something, I just love them. Like I think they're so interesting. Like art is such an interesting thing, man. And especially the musical arts, especially when they're corrupted halfways by these evil guys we're just talking about and all the inner knowledge that they have and the stuff that they encrypt into the videos in terms of the storylines, the lyrics, And all the stuff we talk about on the podcast, decrypting music videos or movies, movies are like so in your face, it's not even interesting because it's like you got pictures and words to make it obviously clear exactly what they're saying. There's always the surface level interpretation, which is what like nine-year-old kids get. Like, wow, Captain America punched that giant uh, flying space whale robot in the face and it died or whatever the hell the movie is, right? And then there's a layer underneath that where these things all represent different concepts. And then there's things underneath that, which is the historical perspective that created that. So they're always trying to culturally adjust things and download. They're always downloading something important, whether it be a stupid cartoon. Dude, when when Lou and I are on the road, we finally get to watch the television set because they have them in hotels, right? And so what the hell was that show we're watching? The Flying Pyramid that was on fire with the eyeball on it? Oh, I don't even On the remember. Disney Channel? And there's like all the these kids little- cartoon. Kids cartoon about some superhero kids that do stuff. There's just this crazy flying pyramid on fire with an eyeball screaming like magic spells at him. I'm serious, bro. If someone turns on that TV and sees that cartoon and does not like have their mouth immediately hanging open in awe, <laughs> like, Wow. 
back in the old days, they had to be sneaky. They had to subtly encrypt things because people would be onto them. Like, hey, what are you trying to tell our kids here? You know, uh, you're into one of them weird deals, aren't you? Nowadays, they're just like right in your face, man. Loud. And I mean, because people are so in a trance, they can totally, totally submerge you in the waters of their religion. And no one even notices. So it's interesting to see what they're projecting in the music media because there's a lot more depth to some of that. And it's meant for maybe, I don't want to say a more refined crowd, but there's a different, it's a different style of upload, a different style of communication. And I just I think it's so interesting to watch, especially the modern stuff. Like, uh, you know, gee, I mean, even the Beatles invented the first music videos, right? Like when they did the movie um, Hard Day's Night. A lot of that was the very first time they ever had the idea of like filming a theatrical version of a music, like a song, right? With, uh, you know, acting in the background. And so, but it's really, really been ramped up. We're in like sixth gear on a T-51 transmission on a Corvette going 190 miles an hour. I'm just like, wow, it's crazy to watch. I hope these tires hold out. Yeah, we don't got Z-rated tires on this machine anymore, man, or they're pretty, uh, it's like the tire on a, a certain vehicle we're driving lately that almost came undone at a wrong time. Oh, man, that's another story for the uh, Rexes and Lou's road stories of how they almost died 900 times. Good times, man. Oh, yeah. Good times. But yeah, not to rant too much more on that topic, but I just, I do find it interesting. One of my, uh, one of the things I do like to do is to try to sit there and absorb what they're trying to say. It's just interesting. Even though it's all bad stuff that they're trying to say, it's interesting for me to see them try to do it because I just love decrypting it. So, Yeah, and it's crazy how they encode it. And used to be tough to figure stuff out or they'd hide it a little bit. Now it's just overt and in yeah. your face. Well, and a lot of it maybe is an acquired language too after you start to pick it out. The more you become aware of, of what they're into, True. I mean, you can read it pretty easily. So, I mean, it's just like amazing. Like once you see the level of of the cryptology in all of media, not to mention just the news is like blatant outright, just like propaganda, but like the subtleties on how they really hit the emotional heartstrings on people and they slide stuff in there like in the subconscious. Uh, it's brilliant. It's incredible how oh, yeah. they've done that. And I'm just, I marvel at the beast. I really do. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that thing is incredibly wickedly sneaky and smart. And it's going to be awesome when that sucker blows up one day. <laughs> By the Lord. The Lord will judge it, Lou. Let's hope so, man. Oh, God. Sorry. Lou's like reaching for the kill switch on the computer. <laughs> Soon we'll be avenged, Lou. See, Sorry. and that's why we have to come and battle through the internet. Because if you did that on a corner somewhere with a microphone, they'd lock you up. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, so that's There's why. a flying triangle on fire, and then the kids looked at it, and I was like, whoa. And then, like, they have robots that I got to decrypt that in the rubber butt was out there. Like, yeah, they definitely <laughs> lock us up, bro. Oh. Uh, good thing we're in the safety of the uh, the zeros and ones, eh, Lou? We can hide behind them. It's hard to get a set of handcuffs through the wire into our room where we're hidden in our, our safe spot uploading this digital communication. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, folks, and be back with more of the Rex Reviews podcast. In the meantime, if you want to continue the fight on your end of the Matrix, be and sure postpone the destruction of Babylon for another 12 minutes. <laughs> Sign up for our podcast and our newsletter on rexreviews.org. And if you want to hang out with us in real life and possibly garner some training experience in long-range precision shooting, check out rexdefense.com. Stick around. We'll be back with more in just a minute. 